Lots of channels, nothing to watch, especially if you're searching for the truth. It's time to interrupt your regularly scheduled programs with something actually worth watching. Salem News Channel, straightforward, unfiltered, with in-depth insight and analysis from the greatest collection of conservative minds like Hugh Hewitt, Mike Gallagher, Sebastian Gorka, and more. Find truth. Watch 24-7 on SNC.TV and on Local Now, Channel 525. Good evening and welcome to Contending for the Faith. We're the cutting-edge Christian apologetic ministry addressing the issues and the challenges facing today's church. And guess what? We are alive in Jesus. With your host, Bay Area pastor, lecturer, counselor, and expert on the cults, Dr. Jerry L. Buckner. Well, tonight we bring you part two of our brand new series entitled 11 Ways God Allows Suffering from a Biblical Perspective. So when it comes to sufferings, people respond in many different ways. Eastern religions teach the non-existence of evil and suffering in the world. And then there's word faith teachers that teach that all suffering is the result of individual sin. And there are even some people in the churches who want to blame God or themselves or everybody else for their suffering. Well, tonight, Dr. Buckner will continue his breakdown on the true biblical view of suffering. So buckle up, strap in, and get ready, for we are not pretending. We are contending for the faith. Dr. Buckner, how are you tonight? Brother Gary, I'm truly blessed, and thank you so much for that introduction. And we want to thank everybody out there in Radio Land for joining us for another edition of Contending for the Faith. I'm your host, Dr. Jerry L. Buckner, and we know you're going to be blessed by our program tonight. Because we've been uh, started this new series on suffering and 11 ways that God allows us to experience suffering. And we really want to be intelligent about this from a biblical perspective. And uh, because God has a lot to say to us on this subject matter, and whatever he has a lot to say on, we need to listen and pay close attention. We need to embrace uh, suffering, not erase it. Because there's a purpose in everything that we go through. You remember Romans 8 and 28 says, All things worketh together for good to them that love God and to them that are called according to his purpose. And so we're going to get into uh, these 11 uh, ways that God allows suffering. And we uh, said this last week. We said number one that God allows suffering in our lives to develop patience and perseverance. And boy, do we need that in our lives. And a lot of times when we don't have it in our lives, God wants to knock it in our lives, put it in our lives by the power of the Holy Spirit, because we can be very impatient at times. We want it now. We want it right now. And God says, no, I do it according to my will And secondly, God allows suffering in our lives to develop maturity. And, you know, there are so many babies in the church today that need to be burped. They need to have a bib on them. And the Apostle Paul and Jesus Christ challenged people to grow, and even Peter, grow in grace in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Paul said that, Peter said that, and Jesus talked about You know, be mature like your Father, which is in heaven. And that talks about maturity. Be 
perfect, in other words. Be perfect like your Father in heaven is perfect. It doesn't mean that you're going to be perfect without mistakes, but that word means to be mature. And so when we're not acting mature, what God does, he takes us through periods of suffering to get us to that place where we are acting mature towards not only him, but acting mature towards even others in the church, even our enemies, because we can be immature like our enemies. And God says, okay, I got to take my child through some suffering so I can get them to that place of maturity in their lives. So they're walking in it and not only talking about it, but they're walking in it. And then we're going to be talking about tonight the third point on why God allows suffering in our lives to uh, assure us of our sonship, to assure us of our sonship, you know. And uh, we find that uh, in Romans chapter 8 and verse 17, it says, And if children are sons, then heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ, if so be that uh, we suffer, notice the word suffer, with him that we may be glorified together. So God assures us of our sonship in the experience of suffering. And he teaches us as a father that we belong to him through suffering. You know, also the book of Hebrews teaches that God, our father, disciplines and chastens us, his children, uh, so that we will know that we, he cares for us as children. You know, all of us at times, as God's children, can be disobedient to uh, a loving Heavenly Father. And like an earthly father, he has to discipline his own children in love through suffering to keep us close to him. And God has to do the same thing as a Heavenly Father, is to take us through discipline uh, like he did with the prodigal son. He had to take him through discipline, and he did it through love, allowed him to be in the pig's pen. <laughs> and he realized, what in the world am I doing here? I'm a sheep. I need to go back home to my father. You know, and the loving father received him, said my son was lost, but now he's found. So God will take you through the woodshed, discipline, when you start to walk away from him. In your Bible study, you start to walk away from him in your prayer life. You start to walk away from him in your witnessing life. You start to walk away from him in your fasting life. You start to walk away from him in living that pure, holy, righteous life. And God says, okay. I got to take my son and daughter to the woodshed, discipline them in love so that they can realize that they're truly my children and that they'll walk in holiness as my children and purity as my children. You see, God is a holy God, and he wants his children to walk in holiness and sanctification through the power of the Holy Spirit. And then, number four, God allows suffering in our lives to prove the genuine nature of our faith. Let me say that again. God allows suffering in our lives to prove the genuine nature of our faith. 
In other words, God allows suffering in our lives to see whether it is genuine in suffering and hardship or fake in suffering and hardship. You know, you can really tell a child of God when they really have it hard, when they really hit rock bottom. You know, sometimes God allows us to hit rock bottom, so we will discover that he is the rock at the bottom. And when we discover that he is the rock at the bottom, he brings us from the bottom to the top. But you know what? When people go through trials and tribulations in life, they just fall apart. Many church folks. Think about the disciples on the Sea of Galilee. Jesus, (laughs) he took them through that testing, right, like he does with all of us to see if we're going to really trust him and have genuine faith. And the disciples, they fell apart like many of us do. And Jesus had to say, O ye of little faith. Do you not know that the disciples didn't realize that Jesus was God until after the resurrection? It took them that long after all of the miracles that he had done, even doubting Thomas when he said, unless I shall see in his hands and feet the nail prints, I will not believe. And when he saw him, he says, O curiosmo keo theosmo, the, the very God of me, my Lord and my God. And Jesus said, Thomas, because you've seen me, you have believed. Blessed are they that have not seen and yet have believed. You know, uh, God takes us through these trials, even financially takes us through trials to see if we're going to really trust him, it's not just lip service, but it's heart, genuine service to him. And you just take some Christian people through hardship and suffering, and they'll fall apart and say, I don't even think God loves me anymore. I don't think my family loves me anymore, and I don't even love myself. You see, God takes us all through uh, this uh, suffering to prove whether we have genuine nature of faith or not. And God allows testing and trials. Notice all of these T's. Testing, trials, tribulations to get us to that final T, a triumph in our faith. He wants to test to see if your faith going to be genuine faith or counterfeit faith. A lot of people have counterfeit faith when they're under pressure. They fall apart. And God allows testing and trials and tribulation in our lives to see how loyal. Notice, take note of these two words. He takes us through testing and trials and tribulation to see, number one, how loyal we're going to be, and number two, how faithful we're going to be in the midst of the suffering. 1 Peter 1 and 7 teaches that the trials of our faith being much more precious than gold and perishes, though it be found unto praise and honor and glory at the appearing of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now listen to this saying here, and I want you to never forget this. There is an old saying that goes like this, quote, People are like tea bags. (laughs) You have to put them in hot water, sometimes 
even boiling hot water before you know how strong they are. <laughs> Isn't that something? People's lives are like tea bags, and God sometimes will put us in hot water. Hot boiling water. Not just hot water, but boiling water to see how loyal, how faithful we're going to be. Jesus prayed for Peter that his faith felleth not under severe attacks of Satan. That's why we got to put on the full armor of God, the full armor of God, so that we can stand against all of the attacks and trials of the enemy. I'm going to say this in, on this number five point, then we'll pick that up next time. But let me say a little bit about that. Number five, God allows suffering in our lives to develop in us humility. One great philosopher once said, humility is the rarest flower that blossoms in the garden of virtue. And God sometimes got to... Uh, Take us through suffering to knock in us humility. And God allowed uh, this suffering even in the life of the Apostle Paul, and I'll talk about that next time, because he had had these tremendous revelations. And he talks about that revelation where he went to the third heaven and saw things that was not lawful for any man to see. And he was getting ready to kind of boast about it. And God allowed a thorn in his flesh to keep him humble. And sometimes we can boast and we can get prideful. We can get arrogant, egotistic. Sometimes the more we get blessed, the less humble we are. And I'll say this, and I'm going to close on this note. There was a old Louisiana preacher, black preacher, who used to always say to his younger preachers, and he would talk in a geeky voice, stay low, stay low. And then they called him to the side and they said, Pastor, what do you mean by that? He says, well, if you stay low, when you fall, you won't have that for to go. He that has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says unto the churches. Brother Gary. All right. Well, it's time for us to take that commercial break. We'll be right back with more of Contending for the Faith. Welcome back to Contending for the Faith, where Dr. Buckner quit preaching and went to meddling. (laughs) (laughs) We were talking during the break. I said, Doc, you know what? All of these numbers on this list, I've been hitting them all week. (laughs) Patience. I've been wanting to choke some folks out. You know, (laughs) I used to think I was a patient, you know, and God is showing me some. (laughs) and develop maturity all of it i'm like boy he is just nailing me to the wall (laughs) so we want to begin by thanking everyone who's been in prayer for contending for the faith without your diligent prayers we could have never been on the air for so so many years we also want to thank those who gave this week bomani and camila jackie sandra cr charles Brother C.C. gave this week, Jerry and Nancy, Alan and John. We want to thank everyone who's donated because we are a listener-supported ministry. Uh, without your support, we wouldn't be on the air. It's that simple. Um, 
we just need you to know that it costs us 400 a week to do this ministry. Also, it cost us an additional 150 at the first of the month because we have now been doing podcasts <clears throat> for for the broadcast. So you can hear previous um, contending for the faith messages through the podcast. Uh, for let's see, uh, for the faith programs on your con- on your computer or your laptop. So you know you can go on there and uh, click on the podcast and get all kinds of great previous episodes, things that you've missed. It's all there for you on the podcast, but that costs money to do as well. So we want you to partner with us. Um, it's so important through your prayers and through your financial giving. Right now we owe 400 for this week. So, you know, we try, we're, we're just treading water here, but we want to get above the water. And uh, we need your help to do that. There's two ways that you can donate. Number one, send a check or money order to Contending for the Faith. P.O. Box 553, Tiburon, California, 94920. That's Contending for the Faith. P.O. Box 553, Tiburon, California, 94920. The second way is so much easier. Just go on your computer or your laptop to contendingfaith.org, contendingfaith.org, and click on the Donate button, and uh, away you go. Uh, Just for a point of clarification, you go to the KFAX AM 1100 uh, website and then click on the podcast button and you'll find us there. So that's on the KFAX uh, AM 1100 website. Click on the podcast buttons and you can find and hear previous contending for the faith programs on your computer or your laptop. So I want to make that clear because I was not reading that properly earlier. So I just want to make sure you guys got that. Again, you can get all the back episodes of contending for the faith that that we have and go back and re-listen to stuff or if there was a specific message you wanted to really zero in on, it's there. So it go, it's on the KFAX 1100 uh, website and you can check that out. And again, uh, go on your computer to contendingfaith.org to donate and we would definitely appreciate that. We need your help through uh, your financial giving and we definitely need your prayers. It's so, both are vitally important for us to remain on the air, to do what we need to do every week and entertain your questions, your comments, and to pray with you and to do all that wonderful thing that God has called us to do. So here we are. Dr. Buckner, are you ready to go? Let's do it, Brother Gary. All right. We're going to, our first caller is going to be Brother Rick Weinstein. Are you there, Rick? Uh, Yes, I am. How about yourselves? We're truly blessed. How about yourself? I'm blessed as well. I'm looking forward to the conversation we're going to have. All righty. Yeah. Well, you sound strong. Sound yes. good. Well, and I want to be. And I was praying that I would stay awake too, as well. Amen. Well, God is answering your prayers. And uh, what's on your heart tonight, my brother? Well, I got an interesting thing that uh, is going on in conversation. You know, Christians and non-Christians talk about the fact that we have so many different religions in the world. So the first part of my question is, why does God allow so many religions to exist, even though he is the way, truth, and life? And the second part of the question is, in, in, this, in this world of so many religions, how do we know what is truth, and how do we go about to seek the truth in well, a biblical manner? Yeah, that's a good question. You know, in our world today, you know, I think we have to look at everything from three perspectives, you know, 
uh, pantheism. We live in a world of pantheism, and that's the belief that uh, God is all and all is God, and then random processes where people, the second point is people believe that they uh, came from evolution uh, with life from non-life existence as a creator. And then the third view is Christian theism, which uh, teaches that in uh, Genesis 1 and 1, God created uh, everything. So, and and when we look at the uh, Bible and we look at the Word of God, God is not the author of confusion. So when we look at all of the religions of the world, we have to say that since God is not the author of confusion— then and you have all of these religions. It's a world of confusion because it's a uh, it's against the Christian Judeo teachings. And so, what has happened? You know, Satan has come in. The Bible says that uh, Jesus said he is a liar and the father of all lies. So he's going to make people think that what they are following is the truth. And Jesus said, "I am the way, the truth, and life. No man comes to the Father but by me." So. We have to look at things from that perspective. And then when we look at truth in and of itself, that uh, God is not difficult. I always try to say this on apologetic level, that uh, in teaching the class on apologetics and stuff, that God is not far from any one of us. I mean, the truth is not far from any one of us. Why do I say that? Because when you look at Acts chapter 17, when Paul was giving that sermon on apologetic message in Mars Hill, when he's speaking to the Stoic and Epicurean philosophers, he made the point when he was bringing out the fact of uh, the uh, general revelation that God is seen in creation, and then he moves from the general revelation to the specific revelation that God is seen in Christ. So in Acts chapter 17, uh, it's, Paul says he's not far from any one of us. In other words, God is not hiding from us, and he's not hiding the truth. The truth is very simplistic. Man is the one that makes it difficult. And so I want to kind of break it down from this perspective that what the problem is today, Jesus nailed it on the head in John chapter 3, and I would encourage the listening audience and those who are hearing me to make a note of John chapter 3, because Jesus said, they will not come to the light because men love darkness more than the light, lest their deeds may be manifested. So Jesus is the greatest authority on why people don't come to him. And he says, they will not come to the truth because men love darkness more than the light. That's the problem. It's not that God has not given enough light. Now, this is the thing about light. That's why it says it's very simplistic. God has given us an outer light. Notice all of these points. The outer light, that means that God shows light in creation, Romans chapter uh, 1. These are the three C's. He gives us an outer light that's in uh, creation, and therefore, Paul says, man is without excuse. And then Romans chapter 2, you got a second C, an inner light. That's the conscience. Therefore, accusing and excusing, the man is without excuse. 
And uh, I had a philosopher teacher, Dr. Cunningham, who used to say uh, to us as students that every man has a sense of oughtness in his conscience. He knows what he ought to do and what he ought not to do because God has given man that light. And then you have the light of Christ. That's the third uh, point of C. And that is Christ is the light of the world. You, If a person follows these, God is very simplistic. Man is the one who makes God very difficult. God is very near to all of us, as the Apostle Paul says, and the truth is very near to us. But we have somebody out there that's uh, the author of confusion, and it's not God, it's Satan, and he is masterful and parading that. You know, I'm going to say this and then I'm done on this, and make a note of this, that it is not the absence of truth that condemns, but it is the despising and the rejection of the truth that condemns. It is not the absence of truth that condemns, but it's the despising or rejecting of the truth that condemns. And so that's the bottom line to it all, that God is very near to all of us, and if we have the faith and the trust, we can find him very near to all of us, and religion is simply man-made thing, a man trying to reach up and try to discover God through works. And Jesus has made it very clear, and the Bible makes it very clear, Christianity is God coming down to man <clears throat> in Christ on a simplistic level. All we got to do is have the faith and trust, and God will make himself really known to us. So hopefully that helps out, Brother Rick. Amen. Thank you very much. You're welcome. It's always, good, it's always good to have those reminders because I mean, we learn it, but we have to we have to keep it keep it burning in our hearts. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Well, well, thank yeah, you so. Exactly. Well, thank you so much. And yeah. can we can we pray for you as well, my brother? Please. What would you like for us to pray for? Yeah, pray pray for me that I'm I'm, I'm able to go home soon. That I get stronger. Uh huh. And yeah. And teach me patience. All righty. We're going to have Brother Gary Bell to uh, lift you up around these prayer requests, and we want to ask everybody out there to pray Mm -hmm. for Brother Rick along with us. Yes, I'll be sitting in that patience class right next to you, Brother Rick. (laughs) 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 It's interesting how so many people want to reinvent their own God Mm -hmm. and start Mm -hmm. their own group because they they don't want to agree with what God has already Mm -hmm. said. Amen. Amen. All right, let's pray. Lord, we just come before you and we thank you for your mercy and your grace. We thank you for your goodness. We thank you for uh, revealing to us the areas in our lives that we need to continue to continue to work on and continue to get better and to continue to mature and to grow and have patience and to 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 uh, to recognize our own sonship, to to prove our genuine and true faith. We thank you for these times in our lives where you remind us and that you take us through things and you open our eyes to the things that we need to to do better in. And we also pray right now and, and thank you for our brother Rick. We thank you for his his wonderful spirit, his wonderful example, Lord, as, you, as he's gone through so much physically. We pray, Lord God, that you continue to strengthen him, continue to build him up so he can uh, get back home. And, and we pray for his health 
We pray for his mental health. We pray for, Lord God, that you continue to encourage him and continue to bless him and continue to show favor to him and continue to give him purpose and dignity, continue to bless him in all levels of his life. We thank you. We praise you and give you glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank, thank you, Brother Rick, for your call and a good question. God bless. God bless. All right. We have time for again. All right. Time for us to take a commercial break. Uh, uh, we, the man on the other side of the glass has told us so. <laughs> He's the authority when right? it comes to that. <laughs> you know, it's, we can't we can't do like in the Wizard of Oz and pay no attention to that man behind the glass. We have to. He he controls. He can turn us off and on. You know, that's how that is. All right. It's time for us to take a commercial break. We'll be right back with more of Contending for the Faith. Welcome back to Contending for the Faith with your host, Barry, a pastor, lecturer, counselor, and expert on the cult, Dr. Jerry L. Buckner. <laughs> I ain't going to start. All right. Amen. That'll open up a whole new can of worms. <laughs> All right. Well, my name All is, I can say is the L means leave alone. Leave it alone. Okay. We're going to leave it alone. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, we want to encourage you to continue to pray for contending for the faith. Your prayers are so vital to us, as well as uh, your financial support. This is a listener-supported ministry, and we need your help. We need cost us 400 a week to remain on the air, and uh, we need your help. This is... One of those times where we want to just get past being right at sea level. We want to get above above the water, shall we say, and we need your help to do that. There's two ways you can donate. Number one, send a check or money order to Contending for the Faith, P.O. Box 553, Tiburon, California, 94920. Second way is so much easier. Just simply go online to contendingfaith.org, contendingfaith.org. Click on the donate button, and it's that easy. You'll be a blessing for time and eternity. We really need your help. So please consider partnering with us here at Contending for the Faiths. Dr. Buckner, you ready to go to the phone lines again? Let's do that, Brother Gary. Okay. We got Brother Cece, who has been waiting patiently. Hello, Brother Cece. How are you doing? Um, how are you guys doing? We are truly blessed, and you're doing a lot okay? I'm hanging in there. Well, keep the faith, my brother. Keep the faith. Yeah. And yeah, we, we right. trust that you got encouraged by the word tonight. Yeah, I needed to. I, I needed to hear that. So I'm, I'm glad. I, I'm glad I tuned in. Yeah, I'm glad I tuned in too, brother. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Amen. Yeah. Well, uh, uh, apply it and then uh, let it uh, work in your life, my brother. So, yes. what's on your what's on your heart tonight? What what's your question tonight? I want to ask you um, a, a, a question in First uh, Corinthians chapter fourteen and verse eight. Okay, and you have your Bible there. The words right in front of me. Alrighty, why don't you read that? No problem. It says, "For if the trumpet give an uncertain sound, who shall prepare himself to the battle?" Right. That's a really good uh, scripture right there. You know, what's happening here is that Paul is using illustrations of musical instruments uh, in relationship to uh, his structured gifts in the body of Christ. In other words, in the body of Christ, we have to operate 
in a way that we never leave the impression that God is the author of confusion. And with all of the gifts, including even the gift of love, that's why the love chapter, chapter 13, is mentioned in the middle. You notice how 1 Corinthians 12, and then you have 1 Corinthians 14, but 1 Corinthians uh, 13, the love chapter, is in the middle. And love should be in the middle of everything that we do. And so here, Paul is using the illustrative illustration of instruments, whether it is battle, which he's bringing out this point. Just can you imagine a trumpet not sounding off in the right way, or it's an alien sound that the people are not used to when they go to battle? The enemy around them can uh, take them and destroy them. So everything has to be structured, organized, just like an orchestra, just like a band, just like a trumpet, uh, and even musical instruments. Everything has to be in harmony, bringing forth a beautiful sound of music. And Paul is saying nobody in their right mind will listen to a trumpet that's out of control, listen to music that's out of control. Can you imagine somebody paying all that money, going to a concert, and all of a sudden they are just playing all this crazy, off-the-wall stuff that not making any sense. People just get up and leave and want to get the refunded. So everything should be organized, structured, and planned and that's the way the gifts of the Spirit need to be operated too. And so Paul is using these illustrations to bring it back home to the spiritual thing, that the spiritual thing is useless unless it's done with order and structure and by the Holy Spirit. And uh, so we got to keep that in mind in everything that we do. And keep in mind, at the heart of everything, God is not the author of confusion. So even when it comes to tongues, people in the church speaking in tongues with no interpreter, it's just like a trumpet out of control. People prophesying, not based on the Word of God. People exercising the gift, not in the way that God has structured it. You know, it's useless and it's not going to benefit the body of Christ. So hopefully that helps out, because this is what the parallel that Paul is trying to make. Uh, yes, yes. I, yeah, I got definitely a lot there. I appreciate it. Good, good. Praise the Lord. Can we pray for you? You got a prayer request? Uh, yeah, if you can, if you can um, pray once again for my mother, Rosalinda, and my family. Um, and also, um, if you guys can... Um, Go ahead, lift me up. And I don't know who it is who uh, somebody when well, somebody called in one time and they actually had you guys pray for me. And I, in return, I want you guys to pray for them, and then pray for Brother Rick again. And then I want to lift up um, Shaq for his salvation and um, Paul McCartney, the singer, for his salvation. Mm-hmm. And by the way, thank you for your gift as well. We appreciate that, and keep up that work of Christ. Uh, uh, no problem. I, I, I appreciate this ministry, and I realize that it's more than some time to just pray, and you got to actually reach in your pocket to give. Amen. That's the thing that keeps us on the air, doing what we do every Saturday. And so we appreciate uh, you giving 
uh, to the ministry and others out there too. Well, let's uh, lift our brother up in prayer on his prayer request. Mm. Okay. Lord, we just thank you, Brother CC. We pray that you continue to bless him with wisdom, knowledge, and uh, supernatural understanding of your word, that he might share that uh, wisdom and knowledge with others, that he be a witness, a light in a dark place, Lord God. We pray also for his family, his mom, Rosalinda, and uh, I believe it was Sophia who prayed for him. So we lift up Sophia right now in return, and that you would continue to bless her as well. We pray also for Paul McCartney and Shaquille O'Neal and many others who are out there that don't know you. They may be of great notoriety. They may have amazing athletic prowess or virtuosity in music, but it all is for naught if they don't know you. So we pray, Lord God, that they would come into a saving knowledge of you as you'd bring people into their lives, Lord God, so that they could be a witness, a powerful witness on the platforms that you've given them already. And so, Lord, we thank you, we praise you, and give you glory in all things. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you, Brother Gary. Thank you, Cece, for your call and your question. All right. Thank you. Thank you. God bless you. All right, let's go to Jermaine. Brother Jermaine, how are you doing? Oh, I'm doing very well. Oh, that's good. Good to hear your voice. We trust that you got blessed by the Word tonight. Yeah, absolutely. I'm really loving the uh, series, and I, I actually decided to check out a couple of the titles you mentioned on uh, suffering, the one by I believe it was Billy Graham's daughter, and and I think you mentioned one by by uh, Doctor Dobson. And so I'm I'm in the midst of uh, Doctor Dobson's audio book right now, and when uh, I think it's called When God Doesn't Make Sense. Right, it's an excellent I'm one. one to the, excellent yeah, one to have, and then the Why by Billy Graham's uh, daughter and Lot Graham. It's a those two are bless your heart, and Why is such a small one, but it's powerful. Uh, did you have that one? Uh, I have it on uh, through the library app. I, I, I'm on the road a lot, from okay. the job, so I, I, I get the audio books and get through them really fast. But they, they've been it's been a blessing so far. Oh, good, good. Glad to share that with you. And what's on your heart tonight, my brother? Well, just um, you know, on the topic of, of suffering, I uh, I see a lot of people out in the world suffering, and I run into a lot of people in the, in the streets of San Francisco and. And now a little bit of everywhere, and it looks like a lot of them are absolutely suffering, you know. And there's so many stories, some of them, some people by their own choice, but a lot of people through circumstance and, and uh, just horrific circumstances going on in their lives. It just made me kind of wonder, at at what point do we do gospel versus works, whether they be righteous or not? Because I know some people suffering with, with diseases like cancer or heart issues, stomach issues, and you know, I just see, um, it seems like we're always seeking and searching for some answer or searching for, for uh, a doctor to find some or even, you know, to go far out. Well, literally people searching outer space for things. But I just wonder at times, is it just appropriate just to preach the gospel? And I don't know how to start and stop that process. Like, is it an individual thing? Because some people plainly just need Jesus. And, you know, I was encouraged by the young man whose brother was was uh, murdered by the, the former police officer in Texas and just blew my mind the way he, he offered her forgiveness and, you know, preached Christ to her a little bit. And that kind of, that in combination with other things just kind of woke me up. It's like just wondering, is is this what we're ultimately supposed to be doing? Because all of this stuff is temporary anyway. So I just wanted to hear your thoughts on that. Well, thank you. That's a really uh, good point. And that court scene, uh, not only with a young man whose uh, brother was uh, shot down by the police officer, uh, that he 
told the judge that he wanted to go and embrace that lady because she had already received uh, justice, <clears throat> you know, and but he came behind it saying, I want to show uh, mercy and love because he's a Christian. And then the judge, uh, this shocked the world, especially the atheist world, when the judge walked over there, black judge, female, walked over there afterwards uh, to the person that the uh, police officer did the killing, uh, walked over to her and gave her a Bible and embraced her as well and, and, and prayed for her. So this is what you see, justice as well as mercy and forgiveness in a court setting, which we have to do that in the world as well. Well, I think the, the answer to your question is balance. We got to have balance where uh, we can't have this mentality like uh, Cecil Williams in San Francisco where we just feed people's uh, bodies and stomachs and yet uh, not their uh, soul as well equally. And Jesus, when you look at him, when he fed the 5,000 and uh, the 4,000, he took care of their physical needs but he spent most of his time teaching. You know, in most of our churches, we do the opposite. We do preaching, but very little teaching. And uh, preaching is a form of evangelism. And so uh, the Lord did most of his uh, teaching on discipleship. I would say about 98% of his teaching was on discipleship and the kingdom of God. And so uh, Jesus spent his time talking about discipleship, even with people who constantly came up to him to want to get their stomachs fed. Sometimes he would do it, and then he would balance it out, and he would also, uh, you know, preach the gospel. But I, th- I, think the answer, I think the answer to your question, and then I want to pick this up more because we're going to try to get to the other caller before it, is I, I want you to look at um, two passages of Scripture and look at them the next time we'll talk more about it. But look at uh, Luke chapter 4 and verse 18, where Jesus says, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach. Notice, preach. That's the gospel. So that's the gospel. So he's preaching the gospel, but he's also doing it to the poor. He sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives, the recovering of the sight of the blind, and to set at liberty them that are bruised, to preach the acceptable year. Now, that's powerful. Look at that, and then we'll discuss that more, and also, as, as well as look at Matthew 25, where Jesus said, I was hungry, you fed me not. I was thirsty, you gave me no drink. You were sick and in prison, you visited me not. Inasmuch as you did it not to the least of these, my brethren, you did it not unto me. And then he said, these will go away into everlasting punishment with the righteous and the life everlasting. So balance, the key is balance, and then using discernment, because sometimes you just need to preach the gospel to people, and then other times it's important to give something somebody something to eat and then preach the gospel to them. So you've got to be discerning. So hopefully that helps you out. It does, and I'll go ahead and uh, I'll check those chapters out, and I'll pick it up with you next week. Sounds good. Thank you for your call and your question. All right. God bless. All right. God bless you. All right. Let's try to squeeze in this Let's last caller. Sophia. Sophia, how are you doing? Well, I tell you, I'm doing very well. Now, fortunately, because of you, Dr. Buckner, I have... Uh, you know, peace and perseveration, patience and perse- perseverance. Word, per- perseverance. Yes, that's the one. Mm-hmm. Because I'll wait till my co- next week for my question. But I want to <laughs> say 
because of the was that was that uh, Jermaine just now? Yes. 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 Now I think that this ministry every week when I listen, I think it's exactly what he was asking about and what you were talking about because we get the word every week from you and it's magnificent and I and it, it, it it's important we have to have the word because God speaks to us through his words. That's why he wrote the Bible. But it's also very important, I know for me and Rick and Cece and Rosalind, that we feed each other on a human level as well. I know that at the end of the evening, I feel such love for all the callers, not just the people who call, but the people I know who are listening. So I think it's a perfect way to answer um, that caller because because that's, it's always a mix every week. It's, yes, it's a, the wonderful word, and we can read the things, and afterwards we study. And like, that, like he was saying, he goes, he has those wonderful books. I think that was CC, but I don't know. But anyway, I think that that's exactly what goes on, and it's a, a micro whatever that word is. But, you know, it's, a, it's a, like a little, uh, oh, my, my favorite new word, metaphor, for, you know, what he was asking about, because it has to be both. It has to be, you know, that, that feeding of, uh, because we are human after all right now. Well, we'll always be human, but we're in this world. So we do need that reassurance and that kind of love from each other. And then we need the word, too. So what you said was so perfect. It's a balance. It's a balance. And I think every week we demonstrate how that works so beautifully. So I'll wait for next week till my question. Well, so well said, and we always appreciate your uh, call and your encouraging words as well. God God bless you, my sister, and keep us in prayer, and we'll do likewise for you, and look forward to talking to you next week. And I have that money order coming because I learned how to sew from my grandmother in Budapest. She said, learn to use your hands, do something. So even though we, the, the engine went and I had my roof now, I said, no, I can do a little work, and, you know, I, I can make little uh, those uh, seamstress things that from my grandmother so now I put that aside, and now I can send that in because my husband can't say anything because I worked for it. So Amen. I will be sending that we in. We appreciate that, and thank you so much. And God All bless you. All right. Well, we've come to the end of tonight's exciting broadcast. We'd like to thank Vince, our engineer, Frederick, our phone counselor, and you, our listening audience, for being part of tonight's program. Please keep us in your prayers until next week at this time when we once again give you the opportunity to ask questions, make comments, and dialogue with Dr. Buckner, always with one purpose in mind, to equip, exhort, and better enable you to contend for the faith. I'm Gary Bell. May God richly bless you.